Good evening, Faith Center, and to each of you that join us uh, each week as we go into the Word of the Lord and into what we call our midweek service or Bible study. Uh, we certainly welcome you, and may the blessings of the Lord be with you, and may His face shine upon you, and may His graciousness be unto you. We're just grateful and thankful to the Lord for what He is doing, and certainly trust and pray that you or allowing the Lord to lead you and guide you uh, through the Holy Spirit so that you are comforted by the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord. Uh, many trials and tribulations are happening in our country right now. The country is going through a dynamic change uh, and seems like the very essence of our democracy is being challenged. And so uh, there's much for the saints of the Lord to pray for and to ask the Lord's intervening into what's going on and what's happening in our society today. And we trust and pray that you are praying and believing and trusting the Lord and leaning to his will and not your own understanding. And so on tonight, we will go into the word of the Lord, which will show that God's will will be accomplished at the end. Uh, sometimes people are going in the opposite direction of which God wants them to go and God has to redirect their path and uh, give them guidance and direction through the involvement of others uh, in the church. So before we uh, go into that, we're praying, I understand, for Philip Otero. Uh, we just got word that he had suffered a stroke and uh, don't know exactly where he is. We haven't uh, had an opportunity to try to track him down, but just got word of that today. So we just trust and pray that you will pray, and his name is Philip Otero. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our gathering here tonight, and may your hearts, oh God, be, may you expand our hearts and open up our understanding and expound to us, O God, the word of the Lord, and give us divine revelation as we go into this, thy word, and bring out, O God, the things that we need to understand and to comprehend what's going on in our society today and what's happening in our church world today. And God, we pray for the leadership of the church. We pray for the general church at large, that you will guide them and direct them you will lead them in the pathway of righteousness for your name's sake. And as we began to open up the cities, O oh God, and return to some degree of normalcy, we pray thy anointing and guidance and direction in the name of Jesus. We pray you will order our steps and so that we are led by you. And whatever we do, we will be consecrated and dedicated to your will and your good pleasure. And we pray and we ask these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. We've been studying for the last few weeks the book of, the, of Acts, the beginning of somewhere around the second chapter where the Holy Ghost came and fell upon all of them that had been assembled in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit is now come to lead and to guide the church into the pathway that God wanted it to take. And so tonight, 
As we continue this study, we'll be studying in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. It's uh, a time in which uh, the church was undergoing tremendous attack by the enemy uh, under the leadership of Paul or Saul. And they were attacking the church and taking those into custody that believed in the Jesus Christ. And so it was a time of trial and tribulation, a time of hardship, a time of attack, a time in which the faith of the church will be tested and stretched and uh, see if they really believe what they say they're going to believe. Uh, the Lord has given me a scripture, praise God, in the book of James, where he talks about, show me your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. So, praise God. But before we go into that, let us deal with chapter 9 of the book of Acts on tonight. It's a time in which we just concluded about Philip, the, the preaching deacon, uh, and that they had stoned him and he lifted up his voice and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, repeating what Jesus said. And in chapter 9, it continues and Saul yet threatening out threatenings, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the high priest. And he desired of him, Paul desired of the high priest, letters to Damascus, that's where he was going, to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were women or men, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Now, what we have to understand here is that Saul is getting the approval of the leadership in order to attack the saints of God. And he's going and heading toward Damascus to do that. As he sojourned, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? The proper response to us as saints of God, whenever God gets our attention, because God, has, when he's getting our attention, has a purpose in mind for what he's trying to do. And so the key to his purpose, finding out what his will is, is to say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? What is your purpose? What is your will for me in this situation, in this time, and these under these circumstances? And so God got Saul's attention by causing him to be blinded by this light that shone round about him, a light from heaven. 
And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you coming against me? Saul had no idea what Jesus or the voice was saying to him. He said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Whenever you go against the will of the Lord, you're fighting against the purpose and the plan and the people of God. Whenever you go against the person of God, you're fighting against God. So we have to be careful who we fight against and who we come against because that person may be the very person designated by God to bring you a blessing or bring you out of the situation or condition that you've been praying about. And, the, and he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, it is very easy for God to have told him himself. So I had a question and asked the Lord, Why did you not just tell him what to do? Why did you direct him to go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do? One thing God does is he uses many people. God gets people involved in his ministry. His whole purpose of ministry work is getting people involved. First he started out with 12 and then he went to 70 and then he took those 70 and multiplied them again. And so God is doing is getting his army of people ready to do his will. And it involves more than just one person or two or three. God uses multiple kinds of individuals in order to accomplish his purpose. So if we are just standing by ourselves or trying to do everything by ourselves, then we're probably not operating in the will of God because God likes to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He enjoys empowering them to do what they thought they could not do. So, continuing in verse 7, And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They saw no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. He had been blinded by the light. He had been blinded by the situation. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Paul required somebody to guide him, required somebody to help him, required somebody to give him what he needed, the assistance that he needed. And so it is the same thing that happens today. God uses extraordinary, I mean ordinary people, but he does extraordinary things because he uses people to help you to become and do your will or the will of the Father. And so God ordained, uh, God could have done it all by himself. He could have 
come and died on the cross, but he allowed individuals to get involved in ministry work. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He's not talking to one person, he's talking to everybody. He's enlisting everybody into his army of individuals. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. If any time you get in trouble, any time you get into a situation where you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is to pray and seek God. And that's God's guidance and that's God's direction and that's God's will in the situation that you are in. Perhaps there's a purpose for his situation that you are in. Perhaps he wants to bring something good out of that which is going on that is bad in your life. And perhaps he wants to do and make a change in your life like he did with Peter. When he had to get Peter straight, Peter was going on the wrong path and he, God had to give him a vision and let him know that I've cleansed this man, that I'm clean, cleaning, uh, cleaning. And whatever I've cleaned, don't call it unclean. And God says, for I've chosen him. And we'll get into that in a moment. And had seen in a vision named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Once again, involvement of individuals. Then Ananias answered the Lord and said, I have heard many by many of this man how evil he had done by the saints at Jerusalem. Paul was notorious for attacking the saints. Those that were Christians or called Christians or those that were of this way. They had no title to give them, so they just said of this way. They practiced the strange fellowship, the strange eating of bread together. They practiced this strange thing of sharing and giving to one another, of making sure that everybody has sufficient for themselves and for others, and that their needs are met. God made sure that his plan was working, that demonstrated his love towards people. And with that, the reputation went out that this man, Saul, was attacking the saints. And anybody that was called a saint or anybody that was of this way. And there he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. You never know who God has chosen. You never know who God has selected. Never look at a person's present condition and judge them for their final destination. For their condition now is temporary. But what they inject, the objective is to reach and do and perform the will of God. And their end may be better than their end, their beginning. So you never know what God is going to do. So don't judge a book by its cover. 
God has chosen Saul. And when we look at the history of Saul, who's going to be called Paul in the future, he's going to write the majority of the books of the New Testament. And who would have thought of this man that was attacking the saints, who was killing the saints, who was killing those that professed to know Jesus Christ. He was attacking them and tormenting them and putting them in bondage and putting them in prison. He, was doing, he thought he was doing God's service. He thought he was operating in the will of the Lord, but God had a plan in all of that. For I will show him great things as he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, and I like this what he said, Brother Saul, when God truly converts a person, you can call that person brother or sister. When God reaches out and transforms a person's life, that person is no longer an enemy. That person is your brother or your sister. Oh, said Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to confer a blessing upon you. I'm here to bring healing into your life. I'm here under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, under the leadership of the guidance of Jesus of Christ, by the Spirit of the Lord. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord that even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Two things going to happen by my encounter in your life. One, you're going to have your sight restored. And two, you'll be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And immediately they fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received the meat, he was strengthened. Then was Paul, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. And all that heard him were amazed and says, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem? came hither for, thou, for that intent, that he might bring them bound into the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. And after that he managed, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. The enemy will try to stop you from fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God. But you must know that God has called. You must know that God has directed you. You must know that God has assigned you. And by knowing that God's assignment for you and your purpose and your will, you will not be easily distracted. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. Don't worry about what the enemy is planning because you're under the safekeeping of God. You're under the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to his name. 
But there laying awake was known of Saul. God will let you know who your enemies are. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Sometimes your reputation will precede you. Sometimes the fear of you will go out to people and will take the glory of God and the will of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God and the anointing of God to bring people to, on your side, to bring people to believe in what you are saying, to bring people into believing that your past is in your past. Don't let your past become your future. Don't let your past hinder your future. What you've done in the past is in the past. And Jesus said, I am a right now, God. I'm the present God. Oh, bless his whole name. Just because they didn't believe that he was disciples. But Barnabas, God always has someone to speak for you. God has someone to encourage you, to lift you up. And Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way. He had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. There's always somebody that has a testimony for you that will testify of you and for you. You don't have to shout your own glory. You don't have to praise yourself. Just watch and watch God speak for you and make a way for you and open up a path for you. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. He spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians that they went about to slay him. Hmm. which when the brethren knew that they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus, place of his birth, Saul of Tarsus, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost and then were multiplied through tribulation and trials that the church began its expansion program. The ringleader Saul of Tarsus was leading the people against the word of the Lord and the people against the disciples of the Lord. Saul of Tarsus, the leader. But the leader now has been converted. Oh, bless his holy name. And the churches had a rest. And as the churches had a rest, and leader, under the leadership of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all the quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. Lydda. And there he found certain men named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Peter says to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise, make thy bed, and rose. And he arose immediately. This is under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. 
Peter is acting under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And all that dwelt the light in Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Your testimony will make a way for some people. Your testimony of going through hardships and going through trials and tribulations and being healed from sicknesses and diseases. Your testimony will bring somebody to Christ. Your testimony will speak of the goodness of the Lord and your sharing of that moment when God made you into a different person. And they see the joy of the Lord in your life. They see the peace of the Lord in your life. They see the glory of the Lord in your life. They see the experiences that you have in Christ. And by seeing you change, they know there's a possibility for them to change. And all that dwelt that lighter in Saran saw him turn to the Lord. Your life can be a testimony. Your will can be a testimony. Your word can be a testimony to help somebody along life's way. But there was that Joppa a certain disciple named Tapitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. She came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom they had washed when they laid her in the upper chamber. For as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there, and they knew that Peter had been anointed by the Holy Spirit. They knew Peter had healing powers within him. They knew Peter's shadow was just falling on people and some of them were being healed as his shadow fell on them. And these people heard about Peter and they wanted Peter to come. So they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter rose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. See, look here. This is what she made. Look how beautiful this coat is. Look how wonderful that she, is. she was talented. She was gifted. Why did she have to pass? Why did she have to leave us? Why did she have to leave us so soon? These questions probably were in the minds of the people as they bemoaned her, as they bewailed her, and as they celebrated her life. But Peter was of a different spirit. The Holy Ghost was dealing with him differently. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will deal with you on a different basis, as he would does everyone else. And you never know what the Lord is going to do through you, as long as you don't get discouraged, as long you don't give up and throw in the top. Hmm. But Peter put them all four and kneeling down and prayed, turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. Ooh. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. I can imagine the people who were with her Bemoaning, mourning, mourning for her, wailing for her, which was their practice. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit tells Peter something different than he's telling or that the people are seeing. 
Peter says, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost is leading me to say to her, arise. Arise. Get up. That's what God is saying today to many of us that have gone down and fallen down and given up. Arise. Get up. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Go to work. Get busy. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when she had called the saints and the widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many people believed. And many believed in the Lord, but just because of her testimony, just because of her word that went out to the people. Jesus is still alive, and he's alive in the disciples of the Lord. The people are anointed, and they have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this gift of the Holy Ghost has power. Power to lift people, power to help people, power to motivate people, power to give them power so they can get up and rise up and not just lay down. Oh, bless his holy name. It was known throughout all of Jajapa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass, he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Simon, a tanner. Know why they were living by the waters? The tanners need water to do their job, to do the tanning of leather and leather goods and making of leather goods. And God sends him down to dwell with him. And he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Oh, bless his name. Sometimes God will put you in a situation where it requires that you are being blessed by someone else in a situation that leads and guides you into his will, directs your path and takes you to new heights and new endeavors and just exposes you. I remember coming up as a child Lord, I remember that we lived a life in the projects. That was our life. That was our calling at that particular time. That was our destination at that particular time. God had positioned me. I'd never been out of the projects and never experienced anything out of the projects. All I knew was life in the projects. But God has stationed a young man. Matter of fact, his name was Paul. In the church. And he became a leader of the youth department. And he, by the love of God, he had many character flaws, but by the love of God and the grace of God, he had a heart for young people. And he decided one day that he would take a group of young people across the United States on a bus and attend a youth congress 
that was happening in Washington, D.C. I remember at that particular time, I had a job, I was working at the post office, making what I call good money, steady money, steady income. And then, praise God, because I had the money and the income, I took advantage of the opportunity to get out of the projects, travel across the United States of America on a trailways bus. And there I was exposed to life in a different realm, to the way people lived. And I understood that everybody wasn't poor like me. Everybody didn't live in the projects. They put us up in hotel rooms where they took care of us and catered to our needs. And I was exposed to this at an early age, a young age. And I decided in then and there, I was never going to be poor again through the help of God and by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, God has kept his word to me, his promises to me, and made me into the life that I have or into the person that I am today and the life that I now live. So I thank God because he placed in my life a young man whose name was Paul, who had a heart for young people and wanted young people to be exposed to some of the finer things in life. And that exposure, the finer things in life, has exposed me to the blessings of the power of the Lord and what the Lord could do and how God can bring you out and how God can make a way out of no way for you and how God can make and do exceedingly abundantly above that which you are able to ask or even think beyond your imagination. Allow yourself to dream the dreams. Don't let your dreams be shortened by the fact of where you are or the circumstances of your situation in the present tense. Because there is a future that God has for you. A future that's brighter than what you can even imagine. A future that is more fulfilling than even the children of Israel could imagine when God called them and told them, I'm bringing you out of this territory. I'm bringing you out of this captivity. I'm bringing you out of Egypt. And I'm taking you into a promised land. A land that flows with milk and honey. And so tonight, my brothers and my sisters, look up and live. Look to the hills from what's cometh your help. For your help cometh from above. Don't allow the enemy to trap you or to keep you from achieving his will. You can be the person that God wants you to be. So with that tonight, we're going to pray. Father, we pray for the loosing of the minds of the people that are in captivity now, whose minds are captive to their situation, captive, O oh God, by the things that they are encountering, captive by the present set of circumstances that they're enduring. But, O oh God, we pray that you will lift them up and you will bring them out and you will give them a heart and a mind of encouragement and a mind, O oh God, to be a blessing and a blessing to others. And God, we thank you and we praise you for opening up that door of opportunity, for opening up that way 
We thank for places and people in our path that will lead us and guide us and direct us into the path that you would have us to go. They'll take us into new heights that will expose us to your, your ability and your kindness. And God, we thank you. And may we in turn help somebody else to dream a big dream, to live a bigger life, to be exposed to a greater blessing. And God, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, be blessed in the Lord. It's offering time. It's time uh, to give unto the Lord. And uh, you never know what the Lord's going to do in your giving and how he's going to bless you because of your giving. Uh, and just allow the Lord to lead you and guide you and then say yes to his will. Whatever amount he puts on your heart, give that. Allow the Holy Spirit, the freedom of blessing. Don't rob God. Don't rob God of the opportunity to bless you by keeping your fists closed, keeping your hands tight. But loosen them up and open them up and allow the Lord to give through you what he has blessed you with to be a blessing to someone else. God bless you and God keep you. And may the grace of God shine upon you. Thank you, Lord. We have a guest speaker coming Sunday. And we're asking the Lord's will and guidance be upon him. As he brings to us the word of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord come upon you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, Father. Father, this is my seed that I now deposit into your kingdom. It represents my love and devotion that I have towards you. I thank you for this opportunity to show into your kingdom. And I do this with joy and thanksgiving. I believe that this seed that I now deposit into your kingdom will bring to me a great harvest. I receive that harvest now. And with that harvest, I'll be able to sow again into your kingdom. I give you thanks for this opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, thank God. Amen. Go out and be blessed. And be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.